Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And do you want to see something really spooky? Ooh, spooky, very spooky. Well, you know what's coming to Richmond, Virginia? Nightmare Weekend. And you know what else is coming to Richmond, Virginia? It's me and Ashley Edward Miller. Yes, the legendary Ashley Edward Miller that you know and love from Inglorious Trexperts in the 4-3 movie, along with me, as we descend with a bunch of happy haunts on Nightmare Weekend, October 13th through the 15th, October 13th through the 15th, in Richmond, Virginia. And we're not coming alone because there's also gonna be such great horror icons as Danny Trejo, Tony Todd, and if you don't think we're gonna ask him about the visitor, you're crazy, Richard Dreyfus, Jeffrey Combs. You know, he did these horror movies too. It wasn't just Star Trek. <laughs> we have a very animated or reanimated conversation with him. The stars of American Werewolf in London, David Naughton and Griffin Dunn. Boy, and if Jenny Agutter were there, I think we would probably pay to go ourselves. Um, Cheeto Brothers, Ken Foray, the stars of Fright Night, William Ragsdale and Chris Sarandon, Andrew Devoff. Now, I gotta tell you, I've been rewatching Lost. He's really good in that. There's gonna be an E.T. reunion with Henry Thomas, D. Wallace, Robert McNaughton, C. Thomas Howe, and more. And so many other guests, including Laura Birch, Vanessa Shaw, who will probably not be talking about working with Kubrick, although I'd like to talk to her about that. Tim Reed from WKRP in Cincinnati. No less Nesman, though. Samantha Mathis, and many, many more. So, come join Ashley Edward Miller, myself, and a bunch of great horror stars in Richmond, Virginia, at Nightmare Weekend. We hope to see you there. Find out more at galaxycon.com. That's galaxycon.com, and we'll see you at Nightmare Weekend, October 13th through the 15th. And if you say it, you have to say it like this, Nightmare Weekend. Anyway, happy Halloween. <laughs> This is Peter Holmstrom, and if you're a fan of Star Trek, check out my new book, The Center Seat, 55 Years of Trek, the official companion book to the hit documentary series by the Nacelle Company, which chronicles the history of Star Trek from the early days of Lucille Ball and Desilu all the way to through the end of Enterprise, featuring new and expanded interviews from Trek legends such as David Gerald, Rick Berman, Ronald D. Moore, Harold Livingston, Walter Koenig, Kate Mulgrew, Nana Visitor, Robert Picardo, Tim Russ, Brandon Braga, Lisa Klink, and of course, in Glorious Trexpert's own, Mark A. Altman, as well as the final interviews from Kirstie Alley and Leonard Nimoy, in addition to so, so many more. Pick up The Center Seat, 55 Years of Trek, available today in hardcover and digital wherever books are sold. Hey, this is Mark Altman of Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And if you're a fan of our podcast, you don't want to miss Deck 78, available now by subscribing at trexpertsplus.com. This is a bonus podcast full of great discussions about popular culture, film, and television. By your command, here's a sneak peek. 
He's great. You know? I actually like him better than Oscar Isaac. And I mean, I think the Villeneuve is great. Version is great. Uh, it's, it surprised me how similar it is to the David Lynch version. Because well, it's how a, people genuflect to it. It is a remake it, of the Lynch movie. Interesting. Because it, it, it leaves out the same scenes that the Lynch movie I does. I, I think that's a strong statement. Because I think, look, the problem with Dune is that it is, I think it's very, very difficult to adapt because of the way that it was written and because a lot of the concepts that drive the storytelling and the adaptation choices that you have to make, I think by nature of what they are, push you towards the uh, the choices that are made in the Lynch film and in the Denis Villeneuve film um, that you, you, you kind of need to because otherwise it's very difficult, I think, to get your arms around what that story is going to be. Like to Herbert's credit, but also... Um, just, I mean, if you kind of sit and just think about that, that those books, any one of the books as a writer, like, and you just, and you imagine somebody saying, please adapt this. It's just like, where do you even start? Where do you start? Uh, just uh, even like Lynch couldn't crack, you know, the, um, the, the, how do you, you know, do the telepathic communication? It plays look, as much as I love that movie, like plays a little goofy in the uh, in the Lynch movie. And it's because it's such a difficult thing to adapt. Well, maybe if, if George Lucas had done it, there would be more of the political machinations. Uh, yes. <laughs> in the script. Maybe Jimmy Smith's. But I think that what's cool about the Lynch version is, is that I know that this is mocked a lot, but that those, you know, sort of voiceover narrations where people were getting what they think are yeah. really close to the, the roving narration totally. in the novel. Yeah. And, and so it's one of those things where you're like, it, it's corny, I guess it, it would be a one way to, to, to describe it or goofy or off-putting. But it's funny because, I mean, I know, Mark, that you're a big Bond fan. So subscribe today at TrexpressPlus.com and don't miss a single episode of Deck 78. Fire the rockets. Welcome back to the sixth season of Inglorious Trexperts. And I'm here with Trexperts Ashley Edward Miller and Darren Docterman. And we got an all new episode, guys. Do we? This, Do we? this is what one we I thought recorded. this was a rerun. I thought we were doing a this rerun. Is, uh, it's this rerun. Is one we recorded <laughs> in Austin, Texas. Yes, that's right. Todd oh. Stashwick and Terry Metalis. Right. The Terry and Todd show. This was interesting because, of course, at the time, uh, uh, the writer's strike was still going on. Obviously, the SAG strike was going on. There certain restrictions on what particularly the actors could talk about. But it opened up in a really great opportunity for us to talk to Todd about everything but Star Trek. That's we right. talk about Back to the Future. We talk about Dungeons and Dragons. We talk about all kinds of wonderful things. And I think it's a delightful. We talk well. The Bill Murray conversation is particularly great. Um, so I'm very, very excited about, um, that. I, hey, I just remembered, how come Terry didn't come to our big, uh, wait, was he at our Star Trek dinner? He was at our Star Trek dinner. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Todd wasn't at the Star Trek dinner. Right. He Todd wasn't. Because he doesn't yeah. eat meat. He, right. We went to a steak because restaurant. He doesn't eat meat. It's the steak. one thing that's wrong with him. 
it's, tr- it's true, right? Yeah. He, the guy is like the perfect guy, except that he doesn't he's eat like steak. The, uh, he's the perfect Chicagoan, except he doesn't eat meat. What kind of yeah, Chicagoan he, doesn't I don't eat know. meat? I don't know. He, he's so funny in this, his whole Bill Murray. Well, you know, I think he talked about it on our Dungeons and Dragons episode of Deck 78. He had to get in shape for um, uh, a uh, season of... Um, of 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 twelve monkeys, and right. he went on this this exercise regimen and eating, and I think that's probably when he gave up eating, you know, red meat. <laughs> Nobody cares. Why are we having this conversation? We love meat. You're on the Trexperts. We love <laughs> we, we love meat. the steak. We love We're the carnivores. Steak. We love the steak. <laughs> We love the steak. Did we do uh, our Austin you, restaurant review? We, we did. We did. We yeah. did. But I'll do it again because it was that good. <laughs> Let's talk about Perry's again. Um, I have to say, guys, so last night I went out to Glendale. And I don't do that for just anyone. But um, Jonathan Frakes' daughter, um, Eliza Frakes, was having her first uh, show produced at the Echo Theater Company. It's called Certain Death and Other Considerations. And I wanted to support Jonathan. I know how proud he is of his daughter. And, you know, you go to these things, you know, as a friend, and you always think, you know, when you go to see a friend's film or you know, play, or you're like, oh, boy, you know, what are you going to say when it's over? You're you know, hoping like, that you like it. You're hoping you like it because, like, oh, my God, you know, it's more often than not, it's not particularly good. You know, my son is a stand-up comedian. you got to come see him at the, you know, the Groundlings or whatever. And it's like, uh-huh. um... Anyway, this show was so good. She's such a good writer. And it was so well acted and so well performed. I think we were all like stunned. Not that we weren't expecting it to be good, but it was really, really good. And it's about these people who are, um, and and it it takes a while to say, it's told in a sort of nonlinear way, but we, we start to find out that the end of the world is coming in, uh, 80 years and this one family, are they going to have a kid? How do they feel about having kids when they know the world is going to end? And it, it's kind of like this miracle mile ish kind of, but it's really smartly written. And, uh, and I got to tell you, I, there were, there was more coolness going on than there was at uh, even these conventions. I mean, I had, um, I, and I was so grabbed because Naomi came with me. And uh, so we had, I don't know why, but Frakes kept touching her hair for some reason. I was getting a little jealous. Um, <laughs> and uh, we had, uh, so Michael Dorn, Frakes, and Richard Dean Anderson sitting behind us, which was a new addition. He is delightful. Loved him. He's apparently going to be doing some conventions next year. So I, I invited him to our little stage. Was he club. making a battery out of toothpicks? But, but I, I told him, <laughs> I, I told him, I told him that, uh, you know, whoever joins State Club last has to pick up the tab. So <laughs> I said, you know, so, um, but, uh, and then Denise was there and the whole librarian, most of the librarians cast was there. And um, oh, it was great. I saw my old, not Noah Wiley, who I hadn't seen in ages. It was great to see him. And um, uh, Jerry O'Connell was there with Rebecca. And um, I, I ran into a couple, a director who I'd worked with on Agent X, this great guy, John, who's married to Jane Brooke, who he knew from, uh, uh, John knows from, um, Discovery, but it was it was just like the audience was all like so happy to be there and support her, but it was so good, and I just thought it was terrific. And and the reason I'm mentioning this is the the last performance is this Sunday at the Echo Theater. So if you're in Los Angeles, um, you should uh, you should check it out. Also, 
I'm very lucky because I actually found a good place to have dinner beforehand. So because I, I did, you know, my my wife misses out on all this fun, you know, restaurant touring that we do. And so I wanted to make sure she she got a good good meal, and we we found a nice 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 Italian restaurant close to the theater. It's Aces. I had a wonderful uh, penne and vodka, which was delicious, and she had a great steak. So, um, what was the name was, of it? And the name of it was. Um, it's funny you ask because I was Don't stuck remember. in that question. I, I he's forgetting. Oh, Alaqua, A L L A C Q U A. Uh, at three two eight zero Glendale Boulevard, Alaqua, in the um, Atwater Village, and nice. it was terrific. The service was great. It was very. It was a cute little place. I highly recommend it. Well, lovely. It sounds like a lovely evening. It was a lovely evening, but uh, I don't know if you've been reading in the. Um, there's a lot of talk, and people are, are like shocked when we talked about it on our show weeks ago. Star Trek is being rebooted at Paramount. It's like we told you about this, guys. We yeah. said there's a script circulating at Paramount. It's take it takes place after first contact, the first Romulan war, and it's gonna start getting some heat in the next couple of weeks. And everyone's gonna be talking about it, and they're not gonna mention us. Well, sure enough, everyone's yeah. talking about this script. And you know, they forgot that we mentioned on the Trex first weeks ago. Um, and the the thing that's interesting about this, and again, people don't realize it. Is this the JJ Star Trek Fort? No, this no. is Paramount's way of not involving bad robot. And what's really scary is it's a complete reboot. The idea is they want a, I've heard internally, they want a Star Trek Independence Day. They want a big, epic Star Trek movie that reboots the franchise for the TikTok audience. This oh, is what Lord. I'm hearing. And, uh, and the, film will be, well, the film will be four minutes long <laughs> and, and vertical. Yes. But, uh, and but in, uh, the, the, the big crisis of the film will be Captain Kirk takes the ghost pepper challenge and he sticks it up his ass and dies. But it's, uh, <laughs> apparently, the, the script has a lot of heat over at the, at well, the it's studio. Well, ghost pepper challenge. So, yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting because at the same time, Patrick Stewart, if you've heard his press tour, is lobbying for one final... He's not calling it a next generation movie. He's calling it a Picard movie, which yeah. is hysterical yeah. uh, because it would be a next generation movie. But in his mind, it's a Picard movie. Uh, I, I, I don't know that there's a lot of um, interest over there because they want something that's going to carry Star Trek forward for the next in their you know 20, 30 years. Yeah. They don't want like they don't want they don't a movie that will immediately song. put a lid on itself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. You know, I would love to see a, a a Picard movie because I just love seeing those characters together. But um, I just wonder, you know, it, it sounds to me like it's, it's more likely it would end up as a MOW on Paramount Plus than mm -hmm. than a big budget studio movie. Well, there it sits. I think he wants one more payday is what I think. Of course he does. Why wouldn't he? Well, Who doesn't? I mean, yeah. It's my like way to a payday. Remember that on <laughs> Dirty Rock? Okay. No. Um, by the way, I just have to say too. I don't know. Have you have you picked up um, uh, a Star Trek Picard season three on home video yet on Blu-ray? No, I haven't been oh. able to get it. I, I haven't been able to uh, order it. Oh, really? Why is not it not available? On... I don't know. Did you maybe go to they're, maybe they're fixing Amazon? maybe they're fixing that uh, visual effects shot? Oh, yeah. that might be. I actually like the original temp video effect effect better than the final one. It looks more yeah. like next gen. Well, yeah, because it didn't have an interesting background. 
Yeah, exactly. It didn't have like all this color swirling around. Yeah. It was just the ship sort of lumbering slowly rather than banking and turning and ping-ponging. But I have to say, I think it's a great set. It's a great set. There's some great uh, commentaries. Uh, I look some forward to getting scenes. it. Um, I'd, I'd like to get it. I'd like to. I'd, greatest I'd like to find it in my. Movies. I'd like to find it in my mailbox one day. But I may have to just buy it. Find Picard stuffing my stocking. There's there's a Easy. nice there's enough <laughs> there's a nice featurette um, about uh, you know getting the band back together right uh, you know with the with the cast uh, you know it's EPK ish it's not the best uh, I've ever seen of these but it's it's pretty good and it's pretty long. It's pretty substantial. And then they also do a nice little featurette about getting everybody. That th This is the, the better one is getting on the bridge of the D again. Right. There's a nice little piece about everybody, you know, go. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, you are a child, Ashley. A child. <laughs> a child could do it. And um <laughs> child could host the show. And then um uh so it's a nice to, you know, all about build, rebuilding the Enterprise D and the bridge and. Um, the cast uh, being kept away until filming that day. And, I did what you so, wanted. That's nice. I stayed away. It also has that Q&A that Scott Mance moderated mm -hmm. the day of the theatrical screening. So it, 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 given that so many of these discs come out now and are completely devoid of special features, it was really nice uh, to see that this thing was so jam-packed. I haven't gotten through all the audio commentaries yet, but I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody has to has to say and to Terry's credit, he spread it around. He had the other writers on and the actors, and it's 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 a nice package if you can get it. If you can, right? If you can get, it. yeah, <laughs> right. If you have the courage. If you right. have the courage, exactly. So uh, if you can, I'm sure by the holidays it'll be easily available. Because you know we, we just glossed over this whole thing that maybe it got pulled because Darren, why don't you explain? What happened and why? I have no might... idea what actually happened. I think that uh, there was a mistake, and an earlier cut of the uh, of the show got in, and uh, there is one visual effect that was not a final, and yeah, the, the, uh, they they missed it. The tenth so, episode yeah. opens with a, a five second shot that was from the assembly and was not uh, a final effect shot, yeah. and. Uh, so that they're reissuing that disc to the people who bought it, and then they're repressing it for people who are waiting for it. So that's yeah. that's possibly because of that. And we talk a little bit about this with Terry at the top of this interview, but then we really get into the fun stuff, which is, I guess you could say it was the movies and TV shows that made us in a way, right? You know, the the, the huge the things that were huge influences. And I think we we have a lot of fun sort of quizzing Todd to see how far down the geek rabbit hole. We can go, and he he goes pretty far. I just want to uh, I just want to be uh, selfish for a moment and announce that uh, we just got notification that uh, the Home Entertainment Media Play Award for Best Extended Edition or Alternate Cut went to the Director's Edition of the Star Trek: The Motion Picture. So, oh, congratulations! Very, congratulations. very happy to uh, learn about that award, and uh, hope that it's the beginning of. Uh, a new friendship. <laughs> that, look, it's well deserved, and I, I can't imagine uh, it not winning such an award. There's nothing oh comes God. close to the monumental achievement no you and the team had in, <laughs> See what you did in in putting together that Star Trek: The Motion Picture Director's Edition. That box set is is truly something special, um, and I will I enjoy it so much. Me too. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And then, Darren, you actually um, recently screened the motion picture again, um, uh, didn't you? Uh, theatrically, how was that? Uh, it was fun. I, I, a friend of mine who uh, runs a uh, uh, an IMAX uh, screen at a uh, at a museum in uh, in Memphis uh, had a special screening, and uh, he uh, brought me out there to give a little talk and uh, do some uh, autographs, and uh, it was a fun evening. And the uh, the the movie played very well. It looked great on the giant IMAX screen, and. And uh, the audience uh, uh, dug it. I want to point out also, if you're a fan of Darren, and who isn't, he's going to be a Taekwondo people. He's going to be that's you got <laughs> you got confused with me apparently. But oh. uh, in Taekwondo Darren is going to be back with Bill Shatner in Taekwondo yeah. in November, and uh, right before Thanksgiving. And there'll be a lot to be thankful for if you get to see Bill and Darren. Uh, on the original Star Trek sets in Ticonderoga. And I know tickets are going fast. Yeah, November 17th through uh, 18th and 19th. Uh, And uh, we're going to be there doing... uh, You and some of your boys. Me and some of the boys are going down. Uh, And it's always always fun with Bill. He he really enjoys uh, doing these small events. And uh, people, people love it, yeah. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, that that's fantastic. Oh, you know who else was at that thing last night? Uh, Rod Roddenberry and um, and uh, Jules, who you work uh, with on uh, at that Otoy. Indeed. And Indeed. I told him how impressed I was with that remarkable work you guys are doing at Otoy. He says, "Yeah, you, you ain't seen nothing yet." This is true. It's very exciting. Planning said, big, big things. I said, Darren won't tell me anything. I said, he's like NDA. He takes that NDA stuff seriously. I said, I know literally nothing. Like when it shows <laughs> up on YouTube, you know, when yeah. you debut it, that's when I find out about it. I said, the guy yeah. won't tell me anything. Yeah. So I said, maybe I said, but Jules, you're welcome to tell me anything you want. <laughs> Got a mind like a <laughs> No, you're not going to get anything out of Jules. He's, no, no, he was playing it close to the uh, He's as tight-lipped as an Aldebaran shell mouth. <laughs> By the way, I got to tell you, so I had... Um, you know, back to uh, back to school night the other day for Isaac, and this is so funny. He has um, he had a teacher last year, his science teacher, Mr. Pike. So this year, is his, it Mr. Kirk? Was it a nice place he had there? Well, yeah. This year he comes to me, he says, "You never believe who my teacher is this year." I said, "No." He goes, "Yeah, Mr. Kirk." Yeah. He, his science teacher. No is Mr. way. Yeah, is is Mr. Kirk this year? Yeah. So he had Pike last year, and he's Kirk this year. He can't. He thinks it's hysterical. So next year is Picard. But this, that's what I said. But this is the crazy thing. So we go to back to school night, and I, I'm so mad at Naomi. She says to me, "So we get there, and the guy does the whole presentation for the parents. He's wearing a mustard gold shirt, right? And so she says, "You got to ask him." I said, "I'm not going to. That's embarrassing. Come on, you don't think? She says, you got to ask him." So I go up, really embarrassed. I'm like, oh, not Captain, Mr. Kirk. I said, are you wearing the mustard shirt, you know, because of Kirk? And he goes, what? And I said, you know, Captain Kirk, (laughs) the the gold tunic. Is that why you're wearing the shirt? He says, I didn't think of that. I'm like, of course you didn't. (laughs) Thanks, Naomi. Now you have. (laughs) Or maybe he's just a liar. Maybe you're you're a liar, Mr. Walsh. Um, <laughs> Can I just say I have completely lost track of what episode we're introducing. Oh, okay. So so let's 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 let's, let's, let's bring the recording in. So so uh, 
Uh, we were in Austin uh, a couple of weeks ago, a wonderful convention, our friends at GalaxyCon, and we once again got to sit down with Terry Metalis and Todd Stashwick to talk all things other than Star Trek. There's a little Star Trek, but not a lot. So uh, we'll be right back with that wonderful conversation after a brief commercial message. We'll see you then. McDonald's Starlog. These are the vehicles of McDonald's Star Trek meal. Their mission, to let your child boldly go where no child has gone before. Five exciting boxes covered with action scenes, games, jokes, all based on Star Trek, the motion picture. Inside, a regular hamburger, fries, soft drink, a McDonaldland cookie sampler, and a Star Trek prize. McDonald's Star Trek meal. Star Wars. It's the most popular movie in history. The one people enjoy over and over. And now it can be yours. Star Wars. Now it can be playing on an RCA video disc player on your TV tonight. Playing with RCA video discs, remarkable picture and stereo sound. Playing along with hundreds of other great movies and more. And best of all, if you buy a player now starting at just $2.99, RCA will give you Star Wars free. That's right, free. But hurry, offer in soon. Crazy Eddie's going telephone crazy. That's right. Now is the time to get all the telephones and telephone equipment you've always wanted. Because Crazy Eddie's got telephones. And he's got them for less than anybody else. Telephone answering machines, automatic dialers, and cordless telephones, too. Shop around. Get the best prices you can find. Then go to Crazy Eddie and he'll beat them. Crazy Eddie's going telephone crazy. See Crazy Eddie now. His prices are insane. Excuse me. One second. Hello? Same to you, buddy. Atari DCS, one of the new games of the century from 20th Century Fox. Let's try this again, take two. Hey, I'm Mark A. Altman. I'm one of the hosts of Inglorious Trexperts. We're glad to be with you. We got a great panel today with some fabulous people. Before I introduce them, Darren Docterman, my co-host and uh, associate producer of Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition. You may remember me from the previous panel. <laughs> and the, uh, the writer of uh, Thor and X-Men First Class, uh, as well as showrunner of Dota, Dragon's Blood, and co-host of Inglorious Trexperts, Ashley Edward Miller. Hello. <laughs> Greetings. And uh, now I'm thrilled to once again introduce um, a true great bird of the galaxy in his own right. Uh, a fabulous showrunner, you know from such shows as 12 Monkeys, and the incredible season three of Star Trek Picard is none other than Terry Metalis. <laughs> and last and certainly not least, and because of SAG, I can't des describe his credits, I can only say that it is the legendary, the legendary multi-talented, incredible, you know him from some shows he might have done. You may have even seen him on this very stage. 
two minutes ago, Todd Stashwick. Thank you. Thank you. Pretty good for someone with no credit. Yeah. I primed the pump. <laughs> we, we tried to time Renegade to your arrival, but it just didn't quite Oh. Work. Let's... I, I can leave and come back. Just so I can enter to a stick song. <laughs> Take three. Right. He's very ah! excited. That's how Renegade starts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know him from many hours of film and television, the multi-talented, multi-hyphenate. Wait, I can't, I can't, we, we don't have enough energy yet, so I'm gonna keep going. You know him as a star of stage and screen. He is an incredible talent. He's a veteran of many shows with the great Terry Metalis and a renegade, Mr. Todd Stashwick. And unfortunately, that's all we have time for. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Um, you know, again, you know, because of the two strikes, the, the rules are a little different. SAG's not allowed to talk about anything they may have worked on. With the Writers Guild, we're, we have a little more flexibility because we just can't do anything at the behest of the studios. So we, we can talk we to you. We don't even take notes from the studio, so there's no danger of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but Directors Guild can talk about whatever they want. Yes, that's that is uh, that is I'm for sure. Technically, DGA, so I can, yeah. Yeah. So we just want to we just want to preface. So when you do get to questions, just out of respect to what's going on right now. Nobody mentioned that thing. That so. thing of ours. But I do want to start by asking Terry. You know, since um, the Blu-ray and DVD of um, Picard season three is about to be released, um, what you can tell us, what we can expect. Uh, because I know that you are a huge fan of physical media, so you made sure that this was as special as the show is by putting a bunch of really cool shit on it. Can you tell us a little bit about what people will get when they purchase it after the strike is over? Uh, right, yeah. Uh, we are absolutely not promoting uh, anything here. But I will say... As a member of the DGA... As a member of the DGA, if you were to purchase this item... Uh, you know, I, I really wanted to do commentary because there's so many uh, uh, interesting behind-the-scenes aspects to it all, but I really wanted the cast involved, so there are many episodes with lots of cast uh, DVD commentary. So that's, that's one. There's a lot of documentary features um, that are really in-depth from rebuilding the Enterprise D to uh, Amanda Plummer uh, to uh, deep dive stuff on the, on the whole season, as well as the, the last poker game. Um, some of you may know that uh, when we shot that, I, I really wanted the audience to... Has everybody here seen it? I'm about going to spoil the thing. Probably going to do it. Um, there's a poker game at the end of season three, and I really wanted the audience to feel like what it is to hang out with that cast. So uh, we just, for 45 minutes, just ran the camera 
So all the smiles and the jokes, they were just improving us all to feel genuine. Uh, and you'll see a lot of that raw footage we, we put on there as well. Todd, you're a huge movie and TV fan, and you have your elaborate man cave, not to be confused with it's the bad cave. Lair. It's not a man cave, it's gender free. <laughs> <laughs> Nerdery has no gender. Can you, uh, what are some of the, you know, uh, discs and movies and like special editions that you love? Like movies that you have on Blu-ray and DVD? I have the 4K, like all of like the Lord of the Rings Hobbit thing, which is a, which is a beautiful set. It's a beautiful set. Uh, I have a really cool Willy Wonka that came with a, a golden ticket. And then I have a, a box set of The Godfather signed by L. Nice. Ruddy? El Ruddy or El Ruddy, yeah. Oh, okay. Al Ruddy made it happen. What? Al Ruddy made it happen. We know from the offer. Oh, yeah. Did you watch the offer on Paramount Plus? I have not seen the offer. Have you guys heard of Paramount Plus? I I have I cannot confirm nor deny. The the offer is uh this truly whimsical. Well, I wasn't gonna say amazing. I was gonna say a show. Immensely uh, enjoyable fabrication about the making of The Godfather in which Al Ruddy is held up to be the true hero of uh, the making of The Godfather. The credit on it on the beginning says, from the recollections of Albert S. Ruddy. <laughs> and, uh, That's what my memoirs are going to say as well. You know the expression, everyone's the hero of their own story? <laughs> well, clearly Al Ruddy took that to heart. Um, so what other, you know, you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. We've we talked yeah. about this before. Yeah. Um, obviously, and a huge D&D. Love guy. the Dungeons and the Dragons. Both of them. The t- in, in concert. That was very time. Cosby, what you just said. Love the Dungeons and the Dragons. Here, have a sip. Um, <laughs> too soon? Um, it's only no, it, Coca-Cola. It's, 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 cannot yeah, say Falongan in front of people. Yeah. Um, it's no, I, 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 not to make light of that. Obviously, that's a very awful, awful thing that it's I terrible. Just, I, I apologize. It's funny though, but it was funny. And you should Pretty not funny. buy the Jello pudding. Clearly, um, no. but no, uh, as a as a as a, a D and D as a, a DM um, and also as a player, what do you feel? Does it benefit your acting? Do you feel that it makes you more creative as a as a person to do these amazing campaigns? And I, well, the reality is, um, all that stuff is what got me into acting in the first place. Like I, I was an action figure collector kid. I was, I grew up on 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 all the stars, the wars and the and the, and the Trek. Um, and I played a lot of D and D and watched a lot of Rankin and Bass Hobbit. And uh, that's the stuff that that got me in the imagination game to begin with. So um, it's, that's my secret cap. It's always there. Let's ask, you know, you mentioned uh, Rankin and Bass, so let's go down this rabbit hole. Um, you have the Rankin and Bass Hobbit and Return of the King, Return and the then King. you have Baxi's Lord of the Rings, oh. which couldn't be a- any more disparate from what Rankin and Bass no. did. Yeah. What, what's your preference? Uh, well, I, I would say what my my. F- First was probably The Hobbit, because that was 77, and that was a year of literally like Atari, D&D, yeah. The Hobbit, and Smokey and the Bandit. So that's pretty much all I am. <laughs> like if, if you had, if you like 
DNA spliced it, you would go, oh, that's what Todd is. Uh, there was also the show thing yeah. called Star Wars. Heard of it. Um, yeah, yes, look of course. Arm. Yeah. Look on your damn no, arm. No, look on my damn arm. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, those were all of the things. And so I probably prefer the Rankin and Bass Hobbit. It, there's a charm to it, and Orson Bean and and uh, and Brother Theodore's Gollum in that is unbelievably great. And if there's a a whip, there's, there's a, way. a way. But that's that's Return of the King. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's true. that's the second one, that's which is true. just weirder, but it's good. It has a bard at the beginning it singing does. the Frodo of the Nine Fingers. And, yeah, and the Ring of Doom. Yeah, yeah. Why does he have nine fingers? Nobody knows. Because Gollum bit one of them off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a finger biter. Did you ever see the Yeah, I don't okay. know why he has nine fingers, but, but where is the Ring of Doom? It's gone. It's gone. It's, it's gone. So let's talk about 1977, the second greatest geek year ever. Um, Star What's Wars, the first? you talked about 1982. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Just by the I volume I just, of movies. No, you're not wrong. We could do a little debate here. You know, you could take 77. I mean, 77 we'll take is pretty seminal between, like I said, Atari, uh, D&D, Lord, Lord of the, or the Hobbit, and, and that other one. 82 in television, ColecoVision. Which stood on the shoulders Pitfall. of... Atari stood on the shoulders of Atari. Yes. <laughs> it stood on the yes. shoulder. No, no, so it's a. Th- I mean, seventy-seven was a thunderclap because everything then stood on the shoulders of Star Wars, and uh, so I would say seventy-seven wins that fight. Let's see. You know, Star he's Wars. He's not wrong. Star Wars, Damnation Alley, um, Spy Love Which Me, gave us Airwolf, Annie Hall, great year. Okay, then you get to eighty-two, E.T., Blade Runner, Star Trek Two. Um, yes, but what Conan, Mr. Stash 48 is hours. suggesting is that it goes beyond simply, you know, the, the volume of films that were released in those years, but really what how the, the, those those years influenced the culture overall. I Terry, mean, you got to be the tiebreaker here. Yeah. Uh, well, in 1977, the only thing I remember was baby food. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I gotta. I, I, I mean, infl- I mean, I, I certainly agree with what you're saying. I, I gotta go with '82 uh, as far as the influences on on me for sure. You guys had such an amazing run together, such a great relationship, and now to, oh, to end it over. Now you're gonna fight. It's all done. It's all done. Yeah. Um, Terry, tell us about you know because you have this really great camaraderie, but you know, on screen and off with Todd. You know, obviously, his performance in Picard was very special, and I can't really ask him about it, but I can ask you about it. Talk about using Todd in, in Picard, and obviously that relationship that began on 12 Monkeys and continued on Picard, and like knowing that you want to write a role for, for an actor and how that, how, the, how that happened. You, you know I'm damned to put you in everything now, no matter because of these. If, you put Todd in everything. Now if I don't, Something's I, like, wrong. Uh, I go, what's happening? Uh, was it something I said? So, uh, was it my Cosby joke? <laughs> for, for, right, for those of you who, who haven't heard the story about uh, the day we fell in love, uh, it, we were uh, auditioning for my show, 12 Monkeys, uh, and there was a uh, character named Deacon who we had envisioned to be like an Ed Harris type, who's a leader of this post-apocalyptic gang of scavengers. And uh, those, in those days, 
audition people. people in person. Would, people would come in, to, it come in to you, and you'd sit down and you'd listen. And we saw every gruff Ed Harris type in Los Angeles that was, no, we didn't see Ed Harris. We couldn't afford Ed Harris. Um, and then Todd came in, who I, I was a fan of his work on The Riches, uh, and was like, I'm, I'm not going to do, I'll, I'll let you, you tell this story, this, this part. So I'm in, the, I'm in the lobby and looking at all the Ed Harris's. Um, and, and they're all like super talented actors. I mean, I was, I was you know, the competition is stiff um, in, in, in Los Angeles. So you look around, they, they call in really good people. And I'm like, well, I'm absolutely not going to out-tough any of these folks. And so as I looked at the role, I was like, so here's a guy who's got 200 people following him. And they're all armed to the teeth. The last thing this guy has to do is be tough, because they're all tough. He's got to be charming in order to... Uh, he's like a, more like a cult leader or a used car salesman. So, uh, so, so I went in and played it like that. I played him, like tried to play him funny, and, and, and Terry and I have talked about this as far as when I find a character who's written dark, I try to find the funny. If I find the character who's written funny, I try to find the dark. And so, uh, and then I remember there's a moment where my character introduces himself to another character, and uh, they, they're supposed to shake hands, but instead, I curtsied <laughs> upon my introduction, and Terry's like, yeah, it was the curtsy. <laughs> And, and, and that's one of those cases of you, you write the role towards the actor because you just, you're just so lucky to have found this, this thing. And what I didn't know is that he was also a fellow geek and was into the stuff we were writing. And then as the show, you, you know, as 12 Monkeys went on for, for four years, uh, it was the, the love for Todd and Deacon uh, was so universal. It, 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 everybody was like, I love Deacon, I love Deacon. Um, show unfortunately ended, but on our own, our, our terms, it's a full four-year story complete. You can watch it on Hulu, not promoting it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so when we, we came to, uh, a lot of my writers were a, a part of Picard season three because I, I, I really wanted a shorthand with, 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 with my folks. And this character came up, this blocking character for Picard and Riker, this captain. And I, I, I was sitting there, and because I'm always looking for the, you know, for the next Todd thing, and I go, what if it's Captain Stashwick? And we, everyone in the room, the writers' room, instantly are like, oh, that's perfect. And so we just we called him Captain Stashwick. So after about a week and a half, of we this, need an asshole. We right, an asshole. So after about a week and a half of this, I think you were in my, my kitchen. I don't remember. Yeah. I, and I, I, I was like, you know. We're doing this Picard thing, and it's we're writing this role, and it's 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 you, it's Captain Stashwick. And I was like, I can't wait to see who you get to play, it. <laughs> Ed Harris, which is exactly what he said. Because I was like, it's dude, it's, it's going to be you. And um, I just have been in the town long enough to know that when the role is created for you, you get to watch someone else do it. <laughs> but he was a man of his word. Well, I, you know, and, and it was one of those things where, like, I. I, I said to the studio on the network, I'm like, I, I want Todd Stashwick. And, you know, I had, I had the email prepared just in case they were like, well, I was like, fuck you. And, um, and, I, and I was ready and they were all like, oh, no, we, we love this guy. He's great. Yeah, done. And it was the easiest casting process ever. It was, you were ready for a fight. 
You still took a swing at somebody. Just, I did. I, 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 your, I did. The, the I was arrested. Was yeah, I was arrested. No, and, and, and then, you know, and then, uh, so because of that uh, unspecified role on unspecified show, um, uh, because of the, the writing staff and, and the people involved, by the time I got to work on it, I felt like I'd already been playing him. And so it just, it was a bit hand in glove uh, because they, they know my garbage truck voice and how to write to it. And it was such an honor. Yeah, and that was, and actually I remember when we handed in the script, you know, if you were just to read that first Shaw scene, it's really arch. But when Todd does it, there's there's a lovability to it. He's the likable asshole. And so I did get that call. I did get get that call, which is like, we're a little where I'm like, not, you're going to love him. You're going to love to hate him and you're going to hate to love him and you're going to, trust me, it, it'll work. I um, hear it all day long from you all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, I, I, by the way, I remember like when uh, when we, we first aired, oh God, Twitter was just like, this motherfucker, blah, blah. And, 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 and I was like, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be well, fine. But even, even before we aired uh, and, and you're writing, uh, Terry calls me, he's like, they're going to hate you. Then they're going to love you. Then and then they're, they're going to hate, hate me. you again. And right. then they're going to hate him. And then, no, then you'll hate me. Uh, but yeah. Well, it's, it's tough because you write a character who's coming into the family and he's kicking the dog because everyone loves, you know, Picard, Riker, and all these beloved characters they haven't seen in all these years. And you have somebody who's being super, you know, mean to them, you know, and, and how is the it's audience so gonna... very right. And so I mean, that was the other right. aspect of it, is, is, is he's entirely right. And that was actually the thing I was worried the most about, because he was so obviously right about it. Um, and everything he was saying was logical, but at the same time, you have this sort of emotional support for Riker and Picard, so the audience should feel torn. They also um, knew something that I didn't, which was, don't trust yeah, right. yeah, and the, and but also you know there are little moments too you know when at the end of that second episode when Picard says because he's my son, Shaw gets it you know there's something about Shaw is like all right well we're gonna do this we're going into battle now and even I, Patrick did that nice thing where he does yeah. that pat on your back and you're just like for that little moment they understand each other um, so that gave an, uh, an extra element of depth to it and the fact that Shaw understood it might be interesting to explore in a future series. Like, maybe he's got a kid out there. I don't know. Maybe it's Star Trek Legacy. I don't know what. Bye. A kid who looks just like him. <laughs> the, um, the, the thing that's so interesting, too, and, and Frakes was saying this during the panel yesterday, was that you fit in with them immediately, with this group of actors and both off stage and on stage. And he says it's very rare because they're very insular in the sense that they've been together now for 35 years and they know each other, they have a shorthand. And you know, some people can be very intimidated, but you just like stepped in and immediately became one of the family. Well, I, I had compromat on all of them. So. <laughs> um, well, I, I was fortunate that uh, I had worked with Frakes prior to uh, this on another show. He was my director on another show. And so it was the the warmest room I could walk into between Terry and, uh, and Frakes, they, I, the, the pump was primed. I got, so, hang on, my wife's texting me. Um, <laughs> the, the pump was primed, and so it, was, it made my job so much easier, and then I'm just a knucklehead. Like, I'm a knucklehead dipshit from Chicago. Like, that's, 
who I truly am. And so I love my job. I love being at my job. I love, I love actors and directors and writers. And so I just have kind of fun, you know, fun. Yeah, it was a problem when uh, there was a uh, Jerry and Todd scene, a seven and Shaw scene, because it's all very complicated and he's dead naming her and doing all these things and blah, blah, blah. And then it's cut and it's... <laughs> and it, like echoing and booming across the soundstage. Jerry it, has the loudest, most, most bellyful laugh. Infectious laugh, yeah. yeah. And so don't tell that to a monkey. Like, I'm just going to yeah. make that happen all yeah. day long. <laughs> So you and he did. He, no he really problem did. playing a dipshit from Chicago, but when you're auditioning for a role like Deacon, who you said is you know charismatic cult leader, do you then like read Helter Skelter and do research on Manson and do all that, or is it just no <laughs> research? Manson, a fun cult leader. You're so cute. Um, no, I think what it was with 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 that guy. Uh, Look, everything I'm doing is some form of Bill Murray. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, and so with that guy... By the way, he's not kidding. Like, there are some takes that have never aired that are no. so Bill Murray, you're like, dude, come. Bring it down. Bring it down. <laughs> Although that, that Terry will sometimes, uh, his direction shorthand is he'll walk with and go, just Venkman this. Just Venkman this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, it's so so uh, that's all I've ever wanted to be was a Ghostbuster. So uh, so I think with with that uh, I have I have uh, an approach, a, a take, a cadence, or whatever that that uh, I find in the scripts, and sometimes that illuminates comedy in places that there might not be normally, um, and so from there, and again, it's the cliche to say no villain thinks of himself as one, and we have to win over our heroes, especially in that script. I had to get these guys on board. And so the way to get them on board was not at gunpoint. It was, it was like, it had to, he had to seem reasonable and so, kind of fun to hang out with. Tommy, Tommy the, what you just said in, that, in, in the beginning of that, uh, all I've ever wanted to be was a Ghostbuster, is the opening line to Martin Scorsese's Ghostfellas. Yeah. So all I ever wanted was a Ghostbuster. Yeah. So on that that Ghostbusters front, so you've given the direction, you know, just Venkman this. Yeah. Did you ever look at him, like especially like a really tense, dramatic scene, and say, "I need you to Carl the groundskeeper this"? <laughs> no, we never do. No, we never went that far. <laughs> yeah, it's Cinderella story, really. <laughs> but here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Bored, but he's. You know. There are takes. <laughs> There are takes. I think the closest we came in in the in the second show was when I go, "Oh, you boys are in so much trouble." You boys are in so much trouble. <laughs> but we 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 write we 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 write. They lead in for that. You they know? lead in, uh, and you know. Any other weird shit you want to throw at me? Right. <laughs> Why would we change course? There's you know there's 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 so many things that we 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 just bake into into it's, the dialogue. It's, we know like, we're do. it's like throwing a dog a <laughs> yeah. bone. Yeah. Yeah, I was so excited about Legacy, but now I want to see Star Trek Stripes. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm that's pretty good. That's a good look. A look. That would be a look. It's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Crusher. Jack Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> so, lightning round. Starfleet training. So. <laughs> Here we go. Lightning round. Ghostbusters 1 or Ghostbusters 2? One. Oh, yeah. Of course, Correct. one. But, I, but my son is named <laughs> Oscar because of Ghostbusters oh, too. Yeah, I, I think you know. At least he has a name, Vigo. It's one. Master of Evil. Two gets a two gets a. I think a, a harsh. I enjoy two. I think it's a, sure. a wildly enjoyable movie. It's just not nearly as good as the the first one. Yeah. We but, be yeah. fast and they be slow. Okay. I know Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3, what your answer is going to be, but some people say 2, so I'm going to Back to the Future 1, 2, or 3. I'm always one. one. One's, I mean, one I, I, I tend question. to be about, I mean, people will do that with Star Wars as well because of Empire, but I'm always like the one that broke the ground that, that is the, the shoulders that all the other ones stand on tends to be. The one that creates but, the but one is also just it's a perfect, perfect movie from perfect beginning movie. then with no con, you yeah. know con, I mean I love two and three yeah. um, three maybe a hair more just because it has more heart it's a little closer to the original but I mean one is you could, just, you could finish the movie and start it all over again and see something new and yeah. just uh, yeah okay, well this is the this is the easy round so Raiders um, Temple of Doom Last Crusade Raiders and the other ones <laughs> Raiders is a classic Raiders Always. But Last Crusade is arguably a better movie in emotional construction. There are actual arcs of all these characters. Raiders is just phenomenal and is in every in every way and it will always be held up as the gold standard. But Last Crusade, I feel like I kind of feel like they're even, they're different. Well, they can't I, really compare them. My feeling is Raiders like he was reaching to being like David Lean and John Ford and 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 uh, Casablanca, and then I think all, all, all the other ones are reaching to be Raiders, yeah. and so you're sort of getting a copy well, of the copy, but there's still delight to be found in all of them, and I think there's character growth really in in the you, third film. You left just as you were getting interested. Left, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> okay, now we're going to make it a little bit more difficult. Bond. Goldeneye. Never say never again. No. Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to say, you know, I, this might be a little con controversial. controversial. You know, I, normally I, was, I usually say from Russia. The Woody Allen Casino Royale? From Russia. With, <laughs> I would say from Russia with love, but I actually think Casino Royale with, with, uh, with Daniel... Uh, Craig is pretty on, perfect. On equal footing, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, man, better and and just the right tone and just it's pretty phenomenal. For me, it's Goldeneye, probably. I love Goldeneye. Goldeneye. It also had a great video game associated it with did. it. Did uh, hell yeah. It did. Double tap some guy in the back. We, 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 head now, now we got to make it more complicated. The Thin Man. What? The Thin Man. No. All right. No. <laughs> okay. Where are you going? Um, just turned off the. Audio. The Star Star is the Star Trek oh, movies. Thursday. What? The Star Trek movies, the original Star Trek Nothing movie. Gone. Listen, everybody, definitely Wrath of Khan. Uh, <laughs> yes, it, it, it's pretty hard to argue Wrath of Khan, but I, I actually like to think of two, three, and four as one kind of trilogy. That's sure. cheating. Yeah. But, but, uh, and the motion picture gets better and, better and better. I'm not cheating, I'm changing the condition of the test. Yes, you Kobayashi Maruda. Exactly. Woo! Thank you. You were saying about motion picture, Todd? You keep moving the target. Um, um, 
the, the motion picture, every time I watch it, it gets better. It's, better. I am right there with you. Yeah. And if you can do it with THC, <laughs> it is really, really something. Channel? I'm not kidding. I, I uh, have may or may not have done that recently and found it to be a religious experience. Yeah. What? It is a delivery system for Jerry Goldsmith. Is the way to go. Dragon Slayer or Excalibur? Dragon Slayer. Excalibur. I recently rewatched Dragon Slayer and it holds up. But the weirdness that is yeah. Excalibur will win every time. Yeah. The Dragon Slayer, if, the revisit, was really it's, good. It's a beautiful new transfer. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's really good. If only Excalibur had a dragon in it, it would be the perfect movie. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Dragon Slayer. Oh, it's, it's oh, terrific. Yeah. Speaking of Vigo, speaking of, of Peter yeah. McNichol. Yeah, no, he's, it's, he's it, the guy, it's, right? He's the hero. It's all like Phil Tippett. It's like all... The dragon is all ILM, yeah. it, and it's got a great. The dragon's got a great, great name. name. Is it James Horner? <laughs> James Horner. Vermithrax pejorative. Yeah, yeah. Vermithrax pejorative. Now I gotta have another kid. That's a production company. Somebody's just waiting to take it right there. Yeah. Vermithrax Productions. Enjoy. May I help you? Yeah. These poor people came to no just idea. hear the kind of bullshit conversations we just have when we hang out. <laughs> <laughs> this is like. When we're at dinner, this is basically what we're... I also like is that we all think we're right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But these, Clearly, Dragon Slayer. Right. Clearly. This is the great thing. This is the one good thing about the strike is that you would never hear that conversation at a convention except when Todd can't talk about anything. So um, I, I'm going to now uh, ask for some questions because I know we were, we've been bad about opening up the questions. Go to the mic if you can because then everyone can hear you. Um, but we'll let you go first to save you the trouble of walking all the way over there. Go ahead. Um, I asked Bryce the same question. I'm a retired educator, and I always like to know if there was a teacher or a mentor or somebody in your family that had a question in the direction. I have, uh, so I went to high school in the suburbs of Chicago, and it, I can honestly say, outside of my folks who were endlessly supportive. Uh, I have a teacher named Kathy Wandro. She was, uh, she was the one who gave me my, you know, what's Walter Matthau says, every actor needs 50 big breaks. Uh, she gave me my first ones that made me go, this yes, like she cast me as Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof. And that yes fortified so many no's going forward because of, of her belief in me there and her support of my my work uh, at 17. Uh, endlessly to this day, I will, I will thank Kathy Wandrow. That's good. Um, I, you know, I had a guidance counselor who, uh, in high school who I ended up in his office way too many times because I was uh, a problem. I needed guidance. Uh, I, I was a bit of a problem. I went to a performing arts high school in the morning and then my regular high school. When I got to the, my regular high school, I was so into drama and, and storytelling and acting and all that stuff that by, 
when I got to like biology class and we had to learn the name of a worm's stomach, I was like, what? Fuck no. And I would skip the class. I would skip and then end up in guidance, with my guidance counselor who was trying very much to keep me on track and, and, and find a path for me. And he was great. And I was also lucky that my, both parents, uh, both my, my mother and my father, uh, were be uh, very patient with me uh, because I, I just rebelled when I was not interested. When I had that, the, when I had a bad teacher, that one teacher who just didn't care, was boring, and when well, I would check out so hard. Um, and uh, it was, you know, it's a problem. I just hope my kid never hears this interview. I just want to ask a quick question as a, as a follow-up. What is the name of an earthworm's stomach? I don't know, but it's like 65 letters long. Sweet. Uh, it, like, it, it looks like a worm. I also, I also like picturing you in performing art school and just like, baby, look at me. <laughs> Tell me what you see. And then you're like dancing in the halls with your, like, with your headband. Huh? And you're like, and your And my mullet. I had a little mullet. mullet. I had a little yeah. mullet, yeah. Remember, it's true. Remember, that's true. Remember. I, yeah. I did. I, I, well, I was more Seymour in Little Shop. Is oh, really, that's cool. That's, that's I can see I did. that. Bernard Hughes in Fame or Professor Kingsfield in The Paper Chase? Discuss. Oh. A, 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 he, so Bernard Hughes played uh, Mr. Mr. Shirovsky? Mr. Shirovsky. Yes! Right. <laughs> see, I'm good. That wasn't Bernard Hughes. Oh, he was in the TV series. Who was it in the movie? It was the guy who wrote the song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Wow. I can't remember his name, but I, that, that was him. Lindsay Wagner did not write. I was going You're a Mean One, Mr. <laughs> Grinch. strange. She was in the Collins in the movie, yes. yes. Next question. Next question, please. please. Right. Someone at the mic here real quick. They've been waiting. Yeah. So uh, a lightning round bonus question and then a real question for Terry. First, the lightning round bonus question. Alien or aliens? Or Alien 3. Or Alien 3. This is not Alien 3. <laughs> uh, I think it's got to be Alien. It's got to uh, be Alien. I don't know if it's got to be. They're different. I mean, I, like, again, that's another... Absolutely, but they're both equally enjoyable. Yes. In different ways. In different ways. So I mean, there's only one way to there's be a, sure. There's a, there's a uh, weight to alien. But I will tell you if you're, if I, it's a better, the better question would be which one are you more likely to put on? It's going to be aliens. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, you know, it's tied into the same kind of thing. Yeah. So the real question for Terry. Okay. So every Star Trek show is centered around a ship. You've got the Enterprise and its various different incarnations. You've got the Voyager's version. You've got the Defiant. For Picard, what ship would that be? Over all three seasons. Not, no fair picking season three. Stash oh, but you said all three seasons, so why is that not fair? No, no, no. no you have to pick one, one representative ship. Uh, I, I, well, I mean, it's the Titan. I mean... Probably or Enterprise G as it will be called, but uh, I, I would I would say it's about that. It's, it's just not really a part of you know one and two. I think you know so uh, they're they're different. Those seasons are just so different. It's hard to. But if you're asking me, I'm gonna go with the Titan. What do you Good mean? answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So Todd, what yes. is your favorite um, song to dance to? Dance to? Well, it's got to be a little respect by Erasure. 
It's gotta be. Because it's a dance song. Don't you tell me no, don't you tell me no, don't you tell me no, don't you... Yeah, that's a great dance song. Yeah. Nice to hear that. That's a dance song. Oh, I hear you call. Usually you say Copacabana by Barry Manilow. That's just for you. <laughs> and I remember that so vividly. I know. It's because I'm Lola in this scenario. You were a showgirl. I was. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. Uh, I want to begin with a comment. You're my favorite captain. I'm your favorite. Aw. And, and that, that says a lot. You, uh, you know, every captain has, through every iteration from Pike to Kirk to Picard, has had moral courage. You had the courage to stare two ledges down the face and say, no. no. <laughs> Thank you. Just like Rorschach in there. Watchmen. And, and second, uh, for, for Terry, yes. when, when you began this journey, uh, did you have a moment where you knew everyone would be reunited on the bridge of the D. And the reason I ask that is because you gave everyone here what we wanted. There are certain franchises that kept people apart through every iteration, never put them together. But when Star I... Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when my daughter and I, she's 11, she's not here today, but when we saw Picard, she knew the impact and we, we, we got into Star Trek The Next Generation again during the pandemic. So it was new to her and it was a revisit for me. But when you brought this together, did you know the impact it would have to bring them all together? Uh, I had hoped. I, I had hoped. I knew what it was, what it was going to be for me. And I, I felt like uh, I, I felt like that was going to be the case. It's not for everyone. There's, there's, you could go on Twitter. And Can I just say something? Fine. Find a few folks. Yes, you can find you can find some. But folks they're that, wrong. Yeah, they're I agree. Wrong. Uh, there, uh, it's, it, there's a certain, you know, people are like, well, it's just, you know, I guess the criticism would be that it's a nostalgia bait moment, but it's not because you could start the season that way and easily. Um, and I think there's, there's sort of an unromantic quality about people who look at that. You, you know, I, I think the end of a good novel or a good story always reflects the beginning in some way. And you know you want the Enterprise. If you're going, like, you can't... The Enterprise is as much as a character as the rest of the next-gen cast. So, uh, you know, and we could have used the E, but it didn't have that impact of what it would have been. And, and so I had hoped, you know, I, and again, you know, there was a couple... There's a few hot moments when it, you know, financially they're like, you should not do this. Uh, and I was like, we're going to do this. Uh, so... Um, and, and, you know, it, it was one of my first ideas. And, and when I pitched to LeVar, uh, I remember being on a Zoom. I was really nervous to pitch LeVar. And uh, I, you know, told him about his daughter and he loved that. And, and um, But when I got to and, and the Enterprise D, you've been restoring the Enterprise D. And for the last year, he, he started to get choked up and started to cry. And then I started to cry. And then I knew that it was right at that moment. I knew that... Uh, but, uh, you know, again, I wasn't sure, you know, it, it was terrible to, to try and keep that secret. It didn't, you know, if you really were looking for it, you could find it. People had blurbed about it a bunch of times. Not us. Uh, uh, so, but yeah, I appreciate that. I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. Yo, you're so welcome. What, Thank you. What I, I just want to dovetail onto this. And I think what, what, what Terry does exceptionally well because, uh, and a lot of what we've been talking about all day is being a fan of film and entertainment and, uh, and he has incredible 
instincts because he makes things that he wants to be entertained by that aren't out there. So when you watch the shows that I've been personally fortunate to be a part of uh, and the choices that he makes, he's making the show that he goes, well, I want to see this. I, this would delight me. So I will do my best to, uh, to give that to audiences. And I think shooting from the gut like that, it isn't market research, nostalgia, rememberies. It's going, this moves me, so I want to move other people with that. And I think there's a purity to that. There, there, I appreciate that. Thank you. And there, but there's also, there was also a, a Star Trek fear in me. Uh, you know, I think about James T. Kirk, if he's going to die, should die on the bridge of a starship in his chair. And, um, and it's... And I understand, you know, those, those movies are made by committee and, and, and whatnot, so it's hard to do that. But, like, that sticks with you. Like, the end, the end really matters. That last image matters. That's why it was so important to me that the last image of them is them happy around the poker table together, and you can go and imagine whatever ending you need to after that, but it's important. So there was a lot of that pressure, too, that uh, I think maybe not everyone kind of might feel. Or die in the arms of Jerry Ryan. Right, for sure, yeah. You gotta go. What a way to go. Yes. It's interesting, one of the things that that strikes me that I just realized right now as you were talking about it was that I've been all around talking about Star Trek The Motion Picture from our 4K uh, re-release, and what we would talk about there is that Star Trek The Motion Picture is a journey from the characters in different situations than you're used to, all eventually during the film coming back to home and where you remember them and where you uh, love them. And Picard season three. That was exactly, exactly like that. yeah. That was exactly the. So idea. basically, you ripped off Star Trek: The Motion Picture. That's right. Basically, yeah. <laughs> that was what I wanted to. This lady had a question for a while. The, uh, with uh, Olivia and 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 yeah, that was a co- a complete coincidence because it happened after Twelve Monkeys. As far as we know, it was a it was a coincidence. Or, uh, she was talking about. Did you know this? No. Um, Allison, yeah. Allison played a uh, character on Supernatural who is haunted by an entity with a plague mask. Yeah, and they shot it after Twelve Monkeys. If you see Twelve Monkeys, and you all are going to. Um, you'll you'll see this, the the significance of it, but no, it was it was it was not as far as we know, it was not a nod, a complete coincidence. Nothing. No, no, we never heard nope. from anybody from that show. At least, they, but if if it's if it is a nod, I'd love to know about it. But we we didn't. You know. Yes, doctor number five. Yes, yes, hello. Uh, Two questions. Uh, Since it was brought up earlier for the lightning round, Star Trek, no, Star Wars sequel trilogy. Which one? What's that? (laughs) Which one? Okay. Which uh, one? Force Awakens to the the Rise of Skywalker. Force Force Awakens, I think you got to go with, with, of the the three. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and the second one, since why not? Uh, Doctor Who stories, classic, new, whatever. I love uh, 
my, my doctor is uh, Eccleston. Is he an internist? Is... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a, he's, he's a podiatrist. Um, uh, he, uh, he, and so, and my favorite, I think, two-parter would be uh, the Dr. Dances uh, and the, the Empty Child, like, that the too. And it has my favorite Doctor Who line, and that's when he says, everybody lives, Rose, just this once. Everybody lives. And I'm like, oh, it just, it just fills me. And, uh, uh, yeah, so... Uh, that, and that, that, those two episodes gave us Jack Harkness, which then gave us Torchwood. Which is where I was going to go, Children of... Ah, of course Child, you would. Child, that was my pick, yeah. Yeah. Torchwood, uh-huh. Children of... Uh, yeah. He doesn't watch Doctor I, I watched some, some of it. I like... But I mean, I, I like Tennant. I like, I like Matt yeah. Smith a lot as well. Uh, but Eccleston was my favorite. He, he was the one who sort of... I felt like he kind of was that IRA guy that had seen the troubles. You know what I mean? And, and he was coming back from having witnessed some really dark stuff. Uh, and, and yet looking for optimism after witnessing some really dark stuff. And then Rose Tyler all day long. Yeah. Bewitched or I Dream of Jeannie? No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Bewitched. Anyway. Jeannie. Thank all right. you. Correct. All right, for Todd. Um, admittedly, I hated the Captain Shaw when he first came on, even though I because he was so right. Even though I knew he was right, um, but I have to say the point that turned it around for me with that character was the bar scene, where you laid it all out about why you felt the way you did, and seeing you interact with Sir Patrick and interact with Jack and and everything there. How was it filming that scene? It was so emotional that that really got to the heart of that character and the heart of Picard's regret and remorse. It uh, well, first of all, and again, hats off to to, to Terry Metalis for writing it. It's just like these are the things that the, these gifts. Easy to learn. It's a lot of copy. But when it's written so well, it's not a hard thing to process because the images were so clear. And I also benefited from having a two-part sh- show to watch those episodes and go, okay, that was what was happening out the window. Um, uh, so it was easy to connect to that scene. And also knowing that scene before I did anything else it goes back and informs so much else up to that. If you go, oh my God, and you tether it. Um, Deeply supported by everybody in that room, from the writing to the directing to looking over at Patrick. He breaks me when he goes, it's all right, I understand. Like, oh, it wrecks me. So, and the other thing that I would say process-wise was uh, Frakes allowed me to always reset from the beginning Mm -hmm. so that he would make an adjustment as a director, they would move the camera. I get to... I got to ramp into it every time and attack the whole thing every time, which sometimes you go, oh, we're just going to pick it up in the middle. I'm like, okay, well, I got to get to that place because it's such a delicate piece of theater that they wrote. Uh, it needed all the steps to get there. So it was, it's why I act, like it, to get to do material like that with those people. So Plus, yeah, that, that scene is the reason why the character is named Shaw. Yes, yes, it's very true. Yeah. 
Yeah, Terry, you. you want to talk about the influence of the Indianapolis speech from Jaws and and, and Robert uh, well, Shaw's we, amazing um, monologue uh, on that, and especially since Richard Dreyfuss is here. Is here, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, we, it's, it's that. You know, in the writer's room, we, we knew that he would have this uh, Wolf 359 history, which was thematic. I mean, we, you know, we were basically telling you it's the Borg from the beginning. If you watch the season, the very first bit of dialogue is from uh, All Good Things, uh, from a log, and we were just, like, broadcasting it to you. So we kept the Borg alive in the DNA of the show so that by the time we... We, we turned that card, you were like, oh, of course it's the board they've been telling us. Um, so, and then we, 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 we sort of said, like, well, how great would it be to hear the Indianapolis speech version of Wolf 359? You know, Cisco had, uh, had certainly had uh, a bit of it, but like from somebody who was a survivor, who was just this, whose who's Starfleet career began with this tragedy, um, suddenly you, it, you would understand Shaw in a way that made you love him. And, you know, and it was important for the son, for Jack, to hear about uh, Lacutus. Again, and re-educate the audience on this, this thing, which was about to become the point of the whole, the whole season. But I will say and I, and th that uh, I wasn't sure if any of this was going to work. Um, and one of my first... Uh, indicators that it might be okay was when you three got a hold of the screeners beforehand, before we had aired. No idea how that And happened. I remember thinking, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, they gave it to Mark. Um, <laughs> and because the, he, Mark and these three gentlemen are, I, I mostly agree, except for Star Trek Three. I mostly agree uh, with, with them on a, on, a, on a lot of things. And I was I, I was just ready to just get my ass kicked by these three guys. And Mark, I think you emailed me and you were like, I, I cannot believe how much I am enjoying this. And I, at first I was like, Mark, you know, I mean. Come I, on, don't book Yeah, I, I, I really just did. I, I, I thought, you know, you're just being a, a gentleman about it. But it, the. Anyway, we only have a second. So I got to say the great escape are Hogan's heroes. No? Great escape. Yeah, Great of escape. course. Um, guys, it is point. always such a pleasure Thanks. to oh, talk thank to you guys. And the inglorious Trexperts, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Go visit them at their booth. They're signing, they're selling, they're talking, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of great cool. stuff. They're cool. here cool. all weekend. Yeah. Try the view. Okay, I would see a remake of Stripes with Todd Stashwick in a heartbeat. <laughs> totally. I'm, I'm so there. He is so, his Bill Murray is so funny. Yeah. Oh, he's great. That's a fact, Jack. Somebody said, I think you guys have a man crush on Todd Stashwick. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, well, but we, we do. just love him. We just, it's, it's, he's so awesome. So, uh, and we, every time we've had him on, on the show, and we still haven't talked to him about Star Trek, because every time we've right. talked to him, it's been during the strike. So one day we'll have to circle back and talk to him about 12 Monkeys and Star Trek. Well, the great so. thing is he's one of us, but he's different enough that he's interesting. Yeah. He's not, yeah. I mean, he's not just another fan. He has depth and that's great. Yeah. I, I wish that, you know, when we had our uh, impromptu uh, breakfast with him that one morning, yeah. Darren, that we had been just 
recording it because it was yeah. practically a podcast great. episode. Just yep. sitting there with that guy. Yeah, I would that's point how out easy I was not there because I do not get up for breakfast. No, I like to sleep late, and you these guys out. get up really early. So both and I get up smart. very early. They yep. like their early morning breakfasts. Yeah, and you know my idea of breakfast is like around noon. Again, another reason I wouldn't be on Survivor. So, <laughs> but you like, wine less me. than the Gen Zs. That's true. I would. I would wine less. You know what? If I was on a show where you could win a million dollars, and I had volunteered to be on it, I knew everyone in America, 60, 50 million, whatever, forty million people, ten million people, whatever, watching it, I wouldn't whine. I'm just saying, I would he volunteered. I would. Yeah, he volunteered. That's arrogant. Um, <laughs> it took Nixon to go to China. Um, okay. So anyway, wonderful <laughs> episode. It was great. You know, we'll be back at Galaxy Con in Columbus in December. Yeah. More great guests. I hope some of you will be able to join us. I just saw that Overnight Joe is not going to be able to make it. We're really sorry. And we hope to see you at a future convention. Um, but uh, I, I, anybody who can make it down, we'd love to see you down at the convention. We're hoping to have some cool stuff at the booth if all goes well. And of course, we're going to have some amazing panels, which we'll share with you on the podcast in the coming months after we finish our holiday specials. After we start our up. holiday specials. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, but it's, it, as always, it's, it's been great uh, having you with us. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at uh, Inglorious Trek or Inglorious Trexperts, Twitter, Instagram, threads, yada, 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 yada. Um, you can also email us at uh, trexpertsplus at gmail.com with questions, concerns, or profanity that you want to send our way. Any of it. Profanity. And all of it. Well, profanity. You know, so, some people just think we're jerks. They think we're jerks. They think we're they jerks. Do. They they don't like we, us. They don't like the show. We. Yeah, they well, fear me. what they don't understand. <laughs> me. Me. That's all those freaking Trump supporters. Um, so, uh, but, you know, they, they can write to us and tell us, and we're always happy to hear from them. So, uh, and uh, that's it. Uh, you know, um, we're... We'll be back uh, this fall with the 430 movie. And of course, uh, you can listen to Deck 78 every other week um, and subscribe at trexpressplus.com. And uh, also, I hope if you're going to be in the, uh, if you like stuff, scary, scary stuff, and you're going to be in the Richmond area, Ashley and I will be in Richmond uh, 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 next weekend for the Nightmare Weekend to talk all things horror. Horror, the horror, horror, the horror, the horror, the horror, and um, uh, but we'll be back next Thursday with an all new episode of Inglorious Trexperts. So until then, on behalf of Ashley Edward Miller, Darren Doctorman, myself, Mark A. Altman, keep on trekking, Ingloriously, of course.